0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Dial Femme for Murder. We are on episode 17.
1: Wow, you say back with so much emphasis. Welcome
0: back. I do, because I know people listen to it once, and then they come back, back, back every week.
1: <laughs> That's it. We're all about repeat listeners.
0: Absolutely. Um, returning, you know, come back. Exactly. Like listen a again. Absolutely. So how has your week
1: been, Emily? It's been all right. Um, yeah. What have I done? Um... Lots of work stuff, and I've mm-hmm. also, you know, in my spare time, I've still been watching Love Island, mm-hmm. so that's great. Last night, um, was Casa Amor,
0: Casa Amor,
1: right? So, anybody that doesn't watch Love Island, basically, um, the guys get to go on this lad's holiday Ew. to Casa Amor, where there's like all of these new girls there, right. and then all of these new guys come into the original house oh. where the girls are yeah. now. The guys on this show mm. are human trash. Yeah. Honestly. Okay. Yeah. Because there's one guy like there's one guy on there, Jake, and he's like now officially got a girlfriend. He's girlfriend up, boy right. girlfriend, boyfriended up with Liberty. Right. And um so he's like, you know, he's, he's he's like, oh I feel tempted, but I'm staying out of it, I'm staying out of it. Mm. But there's another one on there called Liam who is like coupled up with Millie but not officially, yeah. and he's having three-way snogs. Oh, Freeway way What's the logic in that? Like, how does that logistically work? I don't, it was, it was awful. And it was like the juxtaposition between like, they'd cut back and forth from like Casa Amor and the original house. Mm. And the girls at the original house were like getting to know the new guys. Yeah. Being like, oh, have you, Did playing a game of have you ever. Ooh, and then yeah. at Casa Amor, they were all daring each other to get off of each other. See, it was like. Men are trash. Well, somebody posted on Twitter and they were like, this is the exact reason I stay single, like these scenes mm-hmm. right here, because you cannot
0: trust men as far as you can throw them. So I've got an example of how men are trash. Go on. Right, so this week I've been doing like a bit of soul searching.
1: Okay.
0: Like, I feel like there's something missing in my life and I've been going through all these things of what's missing, blah, blah, blah. And one of them I thought potentially what's missing... Was a life? Well, yeah, obviously I don't have no fucking life. We're in a pandemic, let's be honest. <laughs> Um, it's over now though, didn't I know that? Apparently so Stop. We're no longer in a pandemic, we're now in a pingdemic Oh, oh gosh um, I saw a tweet, someone saying ping, pingdemic is the equivalent of hollybobs. Oh whoa. And I'm here for both of them
1: Oh no, it's cringe Or oh, it's like ro- riding the corona
0: coaster In here oh, Gross Anyway, so one of them was like maybe that I need a partner in life Maybe I need a romantic life partner Maybe I need a man right. Absolutely not well i was like do you know what i'm gonna download the apps you know the dating apps you know the, t- the tinders the grinders the scruffs you know and i download <laughs> the right, scruff the scruffs i download grinder right the first message i receive is from a 60 odd year old man right
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and his username is fuck me now oh right oh it's so grim so grim and he literally just and his the, the, his profile picture is just like terrifying right what's it all it's just a close-up of his face but it's like really saturated black and white like it's terrifying he looks like he's gonna murder you like honestly. was it you
1: that had the um somebody that you spoke to on an app that or, or somebody that messaged you on an app that um was like wearing a flesh suit do you not remember
0: that no, I sent you the nappy one. Do you remember the nappy one?
1: No, it was like this. It was somebody um mm-hmm. who was wearing like a flesh suit. It was like it was like Texas chainsaw massacre looking. I mean maybe in, like, it was P- me. The, the, in like a
0: PVC like jumpsuit. Probably. These apps are full of fucking weirdos, for one of a yeah. better phrase. Um but no, I had a human, like an adult baby once message me, being oh like, God. Will you change my nappy? I was like, fuck. <laughs> anyway, so this guy messages me just saying, hey, and I was like, hi, like, because I'm not the kind of... I don't ignore anyone because I think that's rude. I'm just like, sorry, you're not my type. Like, I hope you... You know, I'm really kind. I'm like, I hope you find what you're looking for, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So he messaged me like, hey, I'm like, hey, how are you? Like, whatever. And he was like, I'm not into... Um, uh, wh- what was it that he said? Something... Because I've deleted the app now. But he was right. some, something like, I'm not into wank bank chat. Um, <laughs> if you want to come over and fuck me, my address is this. I'll be waiting. That's
1: mad that they put their address out. Like, like straight out of the gate. Here's my have you not listened to our balcony. podcast? Exactly.
0: <laughs> What's wrong with
1: people? I mean,
0: I googled his address, and it's not that far away, which is even more terrifying.
1: You don't go doxing yourself on Grindr. You
0: don't. I mean, come Very on. Very weird. Not straight out of the gate. Like, Very come on. bizarre. So I... And then he sent me a picture of his um, anus. Whatever. <laughs> um... And I was just like, bye, see ya, later, deleted the app, oh. and then I remembered why I deleted the garbage app in the first place. Is it Why don't he, you know, if he's that
1: cane on it, right, yeah, why yeah. doesn't he just go
0: cruising? I don't know if there's that many places to cruise around here. I thought,
1: you know, like, uh, there's the toilets, though, in there? Those, those were supposed to be, like, for cottaging and stuff.
0: I don't know whether they are still, like, because there used to be, like, loads of, like, um... Like, what's it, like, Slur, Not slurs, but, like, you know, uh, people have just written crude stuff on the wall. like right, you know. right. But I think they've been, like, overhauled, and they're usually locked now. Not that I've ever gone cottaging, <laughs> home, you know, each to their own.
1: Well, th- one of the car parks up near me is supposed to be, like, quite well-known for dogging.
0: Yeah, but I don't know how... how you got to admit, as a gay man, it's like you don't just want to walk over to a car and flop your knob out. Yeah, that's true. Especially where we live. Um, that's true,
1: and do- dogging is, is quite a hetero... Um, thing, isn't it? It is.
0: I think g- gays are more inclined to do it up against a tree in a wooded area.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know? Like Hampstead Hay for
0: <laughs> Yes. The amount of people that literally message you saying, can you become? A- and I'm like... I'm always like, no. I'm always like, oh no, my housemate's at home, aka my mum. Um, And then they're like, are you up for outdoor fun? And I'm like, mm, do I really want to have to explain to my mum why I have mud on my hands and knees?
1: Isn't isn't a lot of that though, because of um, like when people say, and I might be wrong here, but when they say like, can you, can you a con, that means like they're living with somebody who isn't like LGBT friendly.
0: Not necessarily. It just means they don't want anyone back at their house. Right, okay. For my, my reason is that I live with my mum. Yeah. Like I'm not just gonna bring some rando in off the street and be like, Hi mum, this is yeah. this is yeah. this is hung hung top sixty eight. Um <laughs> he's just gonna raw dog me in my bedroom. Like do you know what I mean? Like Does your mum listen to his podcast? No, I don't think so. Okay. Oh good lord. <laughs> she keeps trying to, but she's like, oh, I really wanna to listen to your podcast but then she doesn't. But if she does, fucking whatever. Um but yeah, so I think that's more of a vibe. So yeah, I was like, Do you know what? I'm I'm not looking to um essentially be raw dogged in my bedroom off, off the bat raw dogged
1: <laughs> what a
0: word um you know i'm kind of like you know building up you know i want to yeah. i want to kind of meet someone so mate yeah. but then do i i don't know I'm mate just... i'm
1: just saying like, you've got to go on love island oh
0: no i'm too fat for love island and i'm a homosexual
1: i feel like they could they could really like i would honestly tune in For like normal people's Love Island. Just like regular people, regular people's Love Island. We just get a whole bunch of fucking people in there, all shapes, all sizes, all races, and all sexualities. And just like see what happens. Just just them
0: all in, see what happens. Yeah. Be great. Well, I mean, it's essentially big brother, is it not?
1: Yeah, but like they're all there with the intent purpose to find love instead of like I mean, You could also make the argument that people on Love Island are not there to find love and they're there there just to to find, find like... Yeah, or the pretty little thing brand they're, deal. You know? The
0: pretty little thing brand in <laughs> like, boohoo.com.
1: Somebody, because um, one of the people got kicked, spoiler alert if you haven't caught up with Love Island, but Lucinda got booted from the island and people were like putting her picture up of like when she got found out that she was getting kicked out and they were like, her disappointment is not that she's leaving, it's because she's lost her pretty little thing brand. Lol. They all go on pretty little
0: thing though, don't they? Pretty little yeah. thing, boohoo. What's the other yeah. one? god knows oh, i can't remember what it's cold but they're all like they all go on that vibe don't they mm-hmm. um so other stuff that's happened in the week um so i read today that britney spears's lawyer has mm. filed a motion to remove her father from the conservatorship
1: i saw that as well happy days i, don't, I still just, days. i don't i don't know how i feel about the whole thing i think some of it's really conspiracy like people kind of hinting at like these really big conspiracies happening
0: yeah i think i don't i I don't know i i think people want to make it obviously it's fucking awful and it's terrible what's happened to her but i think people are like
1: it's like is she running her instagram or is she not
0: running her instagram her instagram at the moment is fucking wild it is wild she keeps posting topless pictures with little lights on her boobs i know i saw them and i was like I, yeah, I'm like
1: I don't know who's doing it. Whether it's her, who
0: knows? Like we my said, like like I said last week, it's either that someone's still doing it and trying to make her look unstable. Yeah. Or she's like a horse that's bolted out of the gate. Exactly. And she's just going for it. Like fuck it, I'm gonna you know. Exactly. Get my tits out. Yeah. On the gram, you know. That's true. If it is her, good for her. You know, you do you, boo-boo. Do
1: you know one thing I watched last week as well? What? All five Twilight films.
0: There are five.
1: In one day, yeah. There's Twilight, yeah. Um, New Moon, Eclipse, Breaking Dawn part one, break, Breaking Dawn part two. Oh, I forgot about Eclipse. I don't know, I forgot them in the right order. My God, the first film of that is mm. pretty good. Yeah,
0: the first film is great.
1: Fucking hell, by the time you get to Breaking Dawn, you're like, mm. this is the most ridiculous shit I've ever watched. Like, You're telling me that this old ass, well, he's not old ass, he's like 18, 19, Jacob, mm. Bella's had a baby, and he's like... I'm oh, gonna. Yeah, that baby's, yeah,
0: that baby's gonna. Be, that baby's gonna be my wife. That is <laughs> creepy as fuck. And then there, it's so
1: weird. It's it so, so weird. weird. And like you're watching it, and you're like, "This is Robert Pattinson, wow. right? Who has been in like loads of really good films since wow. he's been. He's been like The Lighthouse, Good Time. Um, I'm trying to think of like other he's films also that he's been the in. The new
0: Batman, isn't he? Is he? Yeah, I think so
1: god man but like he's been in really high quality films and you watch this and you're like what the fucking hell is yeah. going on here
0: they're mental they're mental
1: it's insane it's... i would highly recommend re-watch him
0: yeah i mean it's like i've started rewatching the matrix trilogy the first one's great the first one is so good really good and i'm like halfway through the second one and i'm like this one is just not as good and then it only gets worse in number three when there's like Thousands of oh, I don't know. It's just yeah. But the Matrix is such a vibe. Yeah, it really is. Like, it's, it's really good. And I was messaging yesterday saying why the he- the fact that Trinity is straight in the Matrix mm. is pure mm. homophobia. Truly. How is she not an iconic lesbian queen?
1: I need to go back and rewatch that, you know, but I don't, don't. think I could make it through two and three. I mean, to be fair, if I can make it through five Twilight films, yeah,
0: you can probably make it through three I Matrix. Probably, yeah. <laughs> as, as bad as Keanu Reeves is an actor, the movie is so good.
1: Keanu Reeves really is the original <clears throat> himbo, though. He
0: is, but he's a terrible actor. Let's be honest.
1: He yeah, he's not the best actor. He's you know he hasn't got range and depth. He
0: definitely doesn't.
1: There's a lot of Keanu Reeves slander on this podcast.
0: I'd say we've done it twice. <laughs> <laughs> I did message you the other day though when I was watching Matrix saying how thick Keanu Reeves used to be.
1: Yeah, he was he was good like a And then that was
0: followed up with the fact that I really think Trinity should have been a lesbian.
1: Did you ever watch him in that film that Steve Martin was in or it was like called Parenthood or something like that? Yeah, where he had, years like eighteen ago, children. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Years ago. That he was, was okay. good in that. But he basically played his character from Bill and Ted in that?
0: Yeah, it's kind of like the only apart from Evita obviously The only successful film Madonna has done is Desperately Seeking Susan, where she played herself.
1: Yeah, that's true. Or Who's That Girl?
0: Well, I wouldn't say Who's That Girl was successful. (laughs) Not at all. That's true. But it's a good movie. I unfollowed Kim Kardashian on Instagram shocking the scandal of it all sacrilege why because i'm just bored of watching her parade around on a beach it's just getting on my tits like i'm not gonna lie
1: yeah that's true that i know true. i
0: know that travel is open i think it's just not something i'm comfortable doing yet and i'm just like do you know what i spent the whole pandemic watching her parade around on a private beach and i was like do you know what let her do her thing she's got the money she can do it whatever and now i'm just like do you know what fuck you
1: i thought you loved kim kardashian
0: i though. do love kim kardashian but i'm kind of just getting a bit like
1: how do you feel about the potential of Kim Kardashian trying to put Kanye under a 5150 and potentially a conservatorship that I've heard? I don't know, because
0: maybe because she was at his like album listening party and stuff, wasn't she? But Yeah, that's a point as well. Waiting. Can we
1: just, yeah, discuss? That was supposed to come out on Friday and now it's going to be two weeks.
0: What? It's kind of like the, the NHS test and trace app update.
1: I was going to say it's kind of like Guns N' Roses Chinese Democracy
0: absolutely I don't know what you're talking about (laughs) it was a
1: long awaited album that was ultimately incredibly disappointing
0: oh what like when they went on tour and everyone was like what the fuck happened to Axl Rose yeah it was awful Um, but yeah no that's that's bad but good good news I have some good news on the celebrity front go on Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck have made it Instagram official isn't she trash as well, though? Isn't she, like, well-connected to Lou Taylor? Yes, apparently so. Same as Lady Gaga. They won't speak out because they're connected to Lou Taylor, which is trash. But yeah. the fact that Bennifer can be back together and thriving gives me hope that life can be like 2004 once again.
1: What if it's all just a big psychological operation What like, to, like, keep us distracted?
0: What if it's, like, The Matrix?
1: Exactly, exactly. I've got a question. What if that... What if that Jim Carrey clip is real? When he's like, all the celebrities are just paid to keep you s- distracted, so I you mean, won't question anything. I mean, wouldn't be surprised. Anything. Wouldn't be surprised. So we're all like living in the Truman Show.
0: Oh, who bloody knows? Like, I have a question for you. If you Go were on. in the Matrix, would you take the blue pill or the red pill? <sighs> the red pill means that you you come out of the Matrix, right? I know. And the blue pill means that you just get on with your life. See, I don't know. It's a
1: really, it's a difficult question because, you know, I've got a fear of heights and waking up in that big old jail bath yeah. that's like 300,000 feet in the air, right. surrounded by other people in jail baths. Right. I think I'd freak out. I think I'd probably die of a heart attack or something.
0: <laughs> See, my reason's more of like, obviously, the food
1: yeah because all they eat is
0: like gruel like do you know mm. what I mean it's like please sir can I have no more
1: yeah that's true
0: but on the other hand the fact that you can just download like knowledge of something into your mind instantly mm. honestly gives me so much life
1: I'd probably just ta- I'd probably take the red pill because I would never be able to rest knowing that there was the option of well, being you know. That there being a red pill
0: you wouldn't know because you oh, take yeah, the blue pill true. and you completely forget that's true see that's the thing i'd be like fine i'm blissfully unaware i'll carry on my life as is or i could come out of the matrix right Mm -hmm. and you know day to day live a bit of a existence but then when i go into the matrix it's gonna be fucking epic because i can fly i can do whatever i want that's
1: true that is yeah fuck it take the red pill absolutely take the red pill. but then on the flip
0: side you're just gonna want to be in the matrix in that extended state for your life aren't you yeah. But you can't do that. And also, do I have to, like, fight people and stuff? Because if I do, I can't be bothered with all that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but you'd have powers, though, wouldn't I? Yeah, but it's effort,
0: innit? I just want to go out and yeah, but You drink.
1: wouldn't feel the effort, though. You'd be like... You know, you you you'd only choose the red pill if you were like really comfortable basically going on the mission
0: but imagine if you imagine if you're like oh come on guys let's go for mimosas let's go for brunch right and you're just getting a refill and then they're like oh shit the agents are here you've got to kill them and i'm like fuck's sake i just want to watch some drag and drink my mimosa
1: do mimosas exist like outside of the matrix i feel like that's like a matrix invention
0: obviously i'm talking about being in the matrix because oh, how can you go to brunch when you're out of the matrix you're living in that spaceship thing
1: yeah that's true unless they have i haven't watched these films in ages
0: unless they have brunch in zion i don't know god knows they seem to have a big party disco in zion so
1: happy days
0: anyway lots of industrial music absolutely lots of leather Mm -hmm. lots of bantu knots i'm feeling it it's a vibe it's a look it's a look for sure anyway so i think it's probably time for you to you know, tell your story of the week, because we've gabbled on for nearly 20 minutes now. We have gabbled on. We always
1: like to gab on. So my story this week is um, not a murder or anything like that. It is the disappearance of Shannon Matthews. Oh, it's a good one. This is a very, like, it's a very well-known UK case, Mm -hmm. like a disappearance case. Yeah. And Martin obviously already knows how it ends. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of you people do as well who are listening
0: i can pretend that i don't and add some oh my god
1: (laughs) well i'm gonna go through it as in like just kind of like linearly like how it how it happened but it's also a really interesting case because it throws up a lot about like kind of class and how the media treat
0: like the working class you
1: love a bit of classism don't you love it mate i'm just telling you Everything is about class consciousness. It
0: truly is. I'm sorry, but just a side note, the fact that there can be two billionaires racing to go to space for 10 minutes and there are people dying across the world exactly. is unbelievable. And now apparently, exactly. I read something about Jeff Bezos wants to go to the moon now or something and he's exactly. going to pay billions of dollars to go to the moon. It's like, how about you fucking take care of your workers?
1: Yeah. Well, how about you? Yeah. It's it, Oh, Christ. It's just unbelievable. But anyway. Just as I thought. Trash. Trash
0: yeah
1: okay okay here we go disappearance of shannon matthew so the story begins on the 19th of february 2008 and just to kind of paint the picture it's a few months maybe about six or seven months after the disappearance of madeline mccann Mm -hmm. and obviously the disappearance of madeline mccann became an international news story her parents kate and jerry were very kind of they had like well, at the beginning at least a very good relationship with the press yeah. and they kind of had like connections to people in like the PR world and they were able to kind of get like a very strong message out about their missing daughter. So Shannon Matthews um, was a nine-year-old from Dewsbury in West Yorkshire, and she had just come back from a school visit to the local swimming baths. Now they arrived back at her school in Dewsbury at 10 past three in the afternoon and shannon's mum had t- apparently told her that her brother was going to be picking her up from school but there's nobody there when she mm-hmm. gets there so the school was close to her home around like half a mile walking distance so she decides to walk home herself mm-hmm. and at eighteen forty-eight, 48 so at 6 pm that evening her mother karen matthews calls the police to report her daughter missing Right now, Shannon lives on the Moorside estate in Dewsbury, and it's kind of like it's just a regular council estate, mm-hmm. I guess, in the capitalist neoliberal hellscape in which we live. Absolutely, um, it's it was at the time a bit run down, suffering from an extreme lack of investment. And it was also classed as one of the most deprived areas in the UK. But like many council estates, it had a very strong community focus. A lot of people kind of like stuck together. They helped each other out. There was a community center on the estate, um, which resident Julie Bushby opened that night and she stayed in with the lights on just in case Shannon needed anywhere to go. And Julie becomes like one of the main players in this case. Mm Um, so the next morning on the 20th of February, the police had searched through the night and nobody had heard anything from Sharon Shannon and people were worried about her, mm. obviously. Yeah. So her case was then escalated to the homicide and major inquiry team, which are responsible for kidnaps and abductions. And they decide to put over 250 police officers on the search for Shannon. Like they go through back gardens, people's homes like all the rural areas, like everywhere, basically. And yeah. by this time, the media start to get hold of the story as well. Mm-hmm. And it does become quite a big news story across the UK with journalists reporting live from the Side estate and... That night, Julie Bushby decided to organise a community search for Shannon to work alongside the police search. So she's kind of like rounding up the community. She's one of those kind of people. Like She, she knows everybody and she's got the ability to bring everybody together. Yeah. So they begin searching on the second night she's missing and Julie mobilises almost the entire Moorside estate to go out looking for her. And you can actually like go and watch the footage from the search. Like it's an amazing how this yeah. community of people came together to try and find her.
0: Yeah, everyone literally like everyone in the on the estate like banded together and really mm-hmm. helped search her out. I think just to, I know you've said it before, but just to clarify, like when we say estate, we don't mean mm-hmm. like a vast landscape of someone's no estate. okay so maybe like, yeah the suburbs like
1: so well because they like british council estate basically a council home is a home that is built and owned by the government mm-hmm. and it is like social housing basically yeah, so yeah. for people it's designed to be for people who are on um lower incomes people that need places to live like people who need to be housed basically yeah, yeah. and there is um Whole controversial thing about in the 80s, Margaret Thatcher decided that people could buy their own council homes, which has led to a huge crisis in council housing. Mm-hmm. But that's another
0: that's another, another story
1: thing, kind <laughs> of political. Okay, so um, during the search time like that night, Karen Matthews is inside the house waiting for her daughter to come home. And on the second night of Shannon's disappearance, she comes out of the house and talks to the press. She says, Shannon, if you're out there, come home. We love you. Like She looks rough. She looks
0: absolutely distraught. Bags
1: under her eyes, like a mother grieving for the loss of her child.
0: Yeah.
1: Now, in this time, the police are stopping cars. They're questioning people. Helicopters are out looking to, like there's lots going on. Mm. So, Karen is later interviewed by the police for six hours about Shannon's life, her friends, anything that could give them like, an idea of what was actually, like, what could have possibly happened to her. Mm. And the police say that Karen painted a rosy picture of the family life. And she was kind of saying, like, oh, no, everything's fine. Like, we all get on really well. And, she, you know, also bear in mind, Shannon is one of seven other children. Mm hmm. Well she's one of seven children. So it's yeah. a very, very big family. Very extended family as we'll and soon.
0: I'm assuming come to find out. I think I remember that the house is it's when we say it's seven children in a house, it's not like seven bedrooms. No. It'll be it's like, like a three bedroom, three bedroom house. house. Like yeah. that's the
1: state. So a lot of shared rooms, all Absolutely. that kind of stuff. Yeah. So um the police searched Shannon's bedroom and on her wall she had written that she wanted to live with her biological father. Now, this I, I'm not mentioning this point to shame Karen Matthews at all, but... Um, the children that she had, like there were a lot of different fathers. So she's got Mm -hmm. seven children and um, I think five of them come from different fathers. So I mentioned that just so you can see like how there's a big kind of like family tree here. There's a lot of people that are are connected. So Mm -hmm. the police had to go through like so many different avenues of like, yeah, People it, was a, of interest. it was a
0: mammoth operation, wasn't it? Yeah.
1: Mm. So ultimately, the police ended up searching over 500 homes that were around the route that Shannon took home from school. They searched for traces of blood. They brought in specialist cadaver police dogs. And they even drafted in Shannon's best friend at the time was another nine-year-old girl to come out and look for her as well. Mm-hmm. Now, on the 22nd of February, police re- released CCTV footage of Shannon um, leaving the swimming baths like that was the last time that she was ever really seen. And Shannon's best friend, who was the last one to see her, came forward and said that Shannon, like when she'd left school, she was walking down the road from school Mm -hmm. when she should have been walking up the road from school. And also reiterated that she never walked home on her own. There was always someone there to pick her up. Now by this time the police are beginning to fear that she might have been harmed and that if she was hiding they would have found her by now. And it is at this point that they find out that there are more than one thousand four hundred people on the sex offenders register within twenty miles of Shannon's home.
0: Jesus Christ. It's a lot
1: of people. It's a lot, yeah. It's a lot of people. Yeah. And I on on the documentary that I watched, Julie Bushby, who's like the the community organiser person, mm. um, she said that we knew they were checking the pedos' houses because we all knew where the pedos lived. And it's like, that's that's very accurate because like, I live on a council estate, Martin lives on a council estate. And yeah. I remember go, I remember growing up and mm. you, you'd know where the dodgy people lived. You'd know,
0: you'd know that yeah. dodgy old Roger at number seven. Yeah. like, don't go near there. Your mum yeah. would be like, don't go. Because we used to play games like, I don't know what people call it, but like knock down ginger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do they call it? Like ding dong ditch something like that and my mum would always be like don't play knockdown ginger but if you do because i know yeah. you're going to disobey me don't go to number seven because he's a bit of a dodgy customer you know there
1: was literally like this is a little bit off topic but i remember somebody who was up by the school that we used to go to who mm. used to invite kids into his house and give them sweets who oh. was an old ass man how I mean, creepy is that on
0: one hand you think that's so creepy but on the other hand you could be like he's just a lonely little old man
1: yeah, but you don't invite children till your fucking house. No,
0: absolutely not. That's what, what I'm saying. Like, it's so weird. Anyway, sorry.
1: So weird. So, um, like, a lot of them were, like, really taken aback when they found out how many paedophiles actually lived in a close vicinity to yeah. them and to the schools. Like, you know, there's a yeah. lot of sex offenders out there. Let's just say that.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So the police started to put together a more detailed profile of um, the Matthews family. Now, Karen herself was from a very extended family. She was one of seven children. Mm-hmm. And like I said, she had seven children of her own, lots of different fathers. So yeah. the police had to identify all of these people in the family and the close family friends. So it was quite an extensive um, investigation. Yeah. Lots of people to look at. Mm-hmm. Now, Shannon's father is a man called Leon Rose. And he was very kind of quiet throughout the investigation. But he had been out searching for his daughter, and he did give a press conference, and was contacted by the police, where they found um that Shannon's contact with him had been reduced due to like friction and arguments between Leon and Karen. Right, and it obviously went against a lot of what Karen was saying about like home life. Oh, our home life's fine, mm-hmm. everything's all good, and that also coupled with the note on that Shannon had scribbled on the wall, yeah, about wanting to spend time with her dad. So the police also begin looking into Karen Matthews's partner, who was Shannon's stepdad at the time, who lived with them um, and her brothers and sisters. He's a man called Craig Meehan, and he was a 22-year-old fishmonger in a local supermarket. And he looks, he, you know, like I, I'm trying to frame this in a way of like, basically, the media started to go after him because of the way that he looks, right? Like, like. Oh, he's a bit weird. He's a bit he's a bit creepy. Yeah. He's a lot he's younger than Karen and kinda their relationships but like, kinda
0: like we just did about the people we live on <laughs> our own. Ka- yeah,
1: kind of. But in this case they were right and we yeah. will get to that later. Yeah. Anyway. So the media begin to point to him being a suspect. Mm-hmm. And um, Karen's mum and dad gave an interview with the tabloid press where they claimed that Craig had been violent with Shannon. Right. And the day after that interview was released, he agreed to give his first TV interview. He was interviewed in his home with Karen next to him and he was asked if he's ever hurt a child and he obviously denies it. Mm. And he says that he's trusted with children, he'd never hurt anyone, etc., cetera, et cetera. So we're now three weeks since shannon went missing and julie and the others in the community um organized like a big kind of like public walk thing to get like the press and they were there with like balloons and candles and all that kind of stuff yeah and they asked karen to come down and join and she doesn't want to at first but she eventually agrees and it's important to note that at this time the press were all over her they yeah, were like yeah. probably hounding her and her family and there was a lot of classism going around in the british tabloid press yeah now, although there had been like initially a lot of coverage, um, there were a lot of comparisons to Madeleine McCann's disappearance and how Kate and Jerry McCann had handled the media versus Karen Matthews. And there was a quote from The Independent a few weeks into the disappearance. I'm going to read it because it, it kind of sums it, sums it all up, basically. Okay. So it says, at this point in Madeleine's disappearance last year, 2.5 million had been raised with contributions from Sir Richard Branson and J.K. Rowling. Celebrities, including David Beckham, publicly appealed and the McCann's had begun their sophisticated media strategy, daily briefings, a website, experienced representatives, and eventually a meeting with the Pipe and the appointment of a private detective agency. The Pipe? Yeah, the Pope. Crazy. The Pope. A distressed Kate McCann, lean, blonde and articulate, clutching her daughter's soft toy and wearing a yellow ribbon of hope, was the figurehead from the outset. Amid accusations of police incompetence, the McCann's were declared suspects but have never been charged. A commentator in the Daily Mail wailed this is the kind of thing that doesn't happen to people like us. It was two weeks after Shannon's disappearance before her mother, 32, was put before the television cameras. With no makeup, hair Rescue, wearing a t-shirt saying help find shannon ms matthews looked the essence of working class britain she too clutched her daughter's teddy bear and tearfully appealed for information but shannon did not make the front pages in the first 16 days of madeline's disappearance 519 articles were written about her in britain by wednesday 16 days after shannon went missing she had received just 111 mentions so I remember it being a popular thing, but it wasn't. I remember
0: it being big, but obviously yeah. there was no Madeline McCann because, like the article said, the, the. Exactly. The McCanns were very well connected, very uh, yeah. affluent and. Yeah, exactly. Very middle class. Very middle class. And uh, yeah. Madeleine was a blonde, yeah little white girl.
1: Yeah. You know? So Karen and Craig end up doing an interview with radio four mm-hmm. and they're grilled about um some of the extended family's allegations against craig like you know friction with shannon that kind of yeah, thing yeah. and again they totally deny it everything's fine nothing to worry about people are making it up all that kind of stuff now there was a community warden on the estate um named christine and she would kind of like go around and she she wasn't like a family liaison officer but she was like um She was just kind of like a local person, kind of, uh, you know... Kind
0: of like Neighbourhood Watch, vibes. Yeah, kind of.
1: Yeah, 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 that's that. Yeah, exactly. And she said that Karen was incredibly impressionable and wasn't used to people being nice to her. So she would kind of gravitate towards people that were overlooking any kind of flaws, shall we say she also described karen's house as the estate party house and that there were lots of people in and out of her house all the time and she said that it didn't change once shannon went missing right now, Karen does another press conference where she appears composed, holding... Um, well, this was her, f- sorry, this was her first press conference that she did. Mm. She'd been in front of the cameras before, but like it had just been like at her house. Yeah, just this like was an, an interview, official yeah. Yeah, this was an official press conference. Wow. Um, and she's holding Shannon's teddy bear, and she's, again, appealing for her to come home. And this time, she drops a little information bomb, mm. and she says that she thinks that someone she knows may have taken Shannon and that her family no longer feels safe now the press like totally jump on this and they say that Karen knows more than she's letting on because she's saying things like she can't trust the people close to her anymore
0: yeah
1: so in this time the community response is still going on like people are printing t-shirts posters are going up and the Sun offer a 20,000 pound reward for Shannon's safe return mm. But at the same time, the press are becoming incredibly wary of Craig and Karen. The mood is starting to, like, shift a little bit. And people are starting to question their sincerity. Oh, almost knocked over my tea. And the police also start to have their own concerns because Karen is acting very nonchalant at this point, like, not really seeming to be that worried anymore about Shannon or the progress of the investigation. She's not asking any questions about it. She's just like... Done. Kind of like, yeah, head down, yeah. like not really being involved. <laughs> so Karen is eventually pulled into the police station and questioned by the police. And they say um that she appeared like convinced that Shannon was alive and well with someone that knew the family. Right. So the son decides to up the reward money to £50,000 for Shannon's safe return. And a few days later, the police get a tip off from a local man who asked the police whether they've spoken to a man um, called Paul Drake, who is the uncle of Craig Meehan. And the police are like, no. And they're like, and the guy that tipped him off is like, well, he's actually changed his name to Michael Donovan. So you maybe, um, you know, maybe you haven't found him that way because people used to take the piss out of his name, Paul Drake, apparently. So he changed it to Michael Donovan, who is uh, a character from the 1980s sci-fi TV show V. Right. I've yeah. never seen it. Never heard of I've it. never, I've well, never seen it. Why would
0: people take the mic out of Paul Drake? I don't know. Well, I don't know. A bit weird, isn't it? It is weird, Yeah anyway
1: so the local person that gave the tip off said that um my we call him from, not michael from now on michael okay, donovan yes. um said that michael usually came to visit every day but since shannon went missing he hasn't shown up once no. now he hadn't he hadn't appeared on the extended family tree like all of the investigations that have been doing and he hadn't been mentioned by anyone despite living only a mile from where shannon lived so the police show up they knock on the door there's no answer and they end up speaking to a neighbour who said, Oh, he doesn't open the door to anyone. But she had heard the sound of tiny feet above her from his flat, right? right. And and the police are like, Well, is he in? And she's like, Well, is his car there? And his car's there. So that she's like, Yeah, he's definitely in if his car's there. Yeah. So the cops call for backup to break into his flat and they smash the door in and they walk into a very silent flat and like very quiet mm. so they're looking around they discover that it's empty and they go in a bedroom and they hear a little girl's voice say stop it you're frightening me now and they couldn't work out where the voice was coming from so, and they're like kind of like searching around mm. and they find out that it's coming from within the base of the double bed so like you know like a divan bed like a where divan, you've got yeah yeah where you've got the base of the bed and the mattress on top yeah basically um, they opened that divan bed up and Shannon Matthews was inside it.
0: Right.
1: She was literally inside the bed. On right?
0: her
1: own? On, on, well, she appears to be on her own. Like, she's inside the base of the bed. Right. Okay? Like, like the built-in base. Yeah. So, the police are, like, super emotional. They're crying. They think that they've saved her life. Yeah, like, yeah. they say that she, she looked washed out and be- bewildered. Yeah. But she didn't look particularly unhealthy. Right. And so they take her outside, um, one of the police officers take her outside and they get her in the car and they're like, where is Michael? Where's the man that you were in the flat with? And she's mm. in the car and she says, he's where I was, he's under the bed. So the police officer that's with her in the car, mm. like rings up the bloke that is the, the, the cops that are still in the flat. Yeah. And he's like, he's under the bed. Right. So they literally like, so so say like Shannon's inside the bed and this Michael guy is underneath it. Right. So they drag him out. Yeah. And he like, fights with the police and stuff. <laughs> And they've like they found her and they found him, so they're like, what the hell is going on? So they take Shannon to the police station, and the news starts to spread through the community that she's been found. And Julie calls the police and she tries to find like as much information. They eventually call her back and confirm that Shannon's been found. And like there's this click because they're filming it because they kind of recorded a lot of the um like citizen citizen investigation into it, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. So Julie's like, they found her. They found Shannon's like, everybody's overjoyed. Mm. Best possible outcome to ever happen. She's been found alive. Like, everybody's crying and hugging each other. They thought that she was gone forever after like three weeks. Like, it's it's really like joyous. It's a joyous vibe. Mm. So, at 2.30pm that day, Karen Matthews arrives at the police station to formally identify Sharon. Um, And she does it behind a one-way mirror. And Basically, they like she she confirms that it is Shannon and the police say that she didn't really show much reaction and she didn't ask any questions about why she wasn't allowed to see Shannon. And the reason why she wasn't allowed to see Shannon is because it's an active investigation and they they didn't want any kind of cross contamination. They were trying to figure out what the hell was going on. Yeah. And they said that she seemed really detached about it. So back on the estate, people start to hear that Craig's uncle was the kidnapper Mm -hmm. and people start to speculate on what has been going on. Now, there's been a lot of conversation about other different family members, but Michael Donovan had never, ever been mentioned. Now, as Karen is formally identifying Shannon, Michael is being booked into another police station and he makes a mind blowing allegation that the person behind Shannon's abduction is actually Karen herself. And he says, go and arrest Karen. You need to go and arrest Karen. Now, under questioning, he said that Karen had told him to look after Shannon while Karen reported her missing and to keep her there until Karen phoned him. He also said that Karen threatened him into doing it. And if he didn't, he didn't do it, then she would get free lads onto him. Three lads. <laughs> That's what he said. Yeah. Right. So he's got like, he has learning difficulties. He's very kind right. of quiet, keeps to himself. Quite easy to manipulate. Mm-hmm. But... He also claims, right, that he, like, really looked after Shannon when she was there. He took her out in his car. He bought her clothes. He kept took her, her out well in his fed. car? Yeah, like, they went out at night to the park. Oh, at
0: night. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Madness. That's so bizarre.
1: But despite all of this, they didn't have any evidence, well, like, or enough evidence to link Karen to Michael and the disappearance. There wasn't enough to arrest yeah. her, basically.
0: Yeah.
1: So... There's big celebrations on the estate, champers being popped, fireworks going off, all that kind of stuff. And the next day, Julie asks Karen why she hasn't been able to see Shannon so far. And Karen says it's because of social services and the police are still questioning and all that kind of stuff. And Julie said she was surprised that Karen didn't get to hold her. And she said that people in the community were more concerned about seeing Shannon than Karen was. Mm. so the police end up taking out a protection order for Shannon so she was under the care of social services and Karen and Craig stand outside their house for a photo op despite not being able to see Shannon and they look really nervous and like very kind of like downtrodden yeah and karen's friends who are inside the house actually have to shout out to them to smile they're like smile oh, like yeah, yeah. It's, it's really weird they don't say anything and they do smile and they've got they have like one really awkward kiss and then they go mm. back inside the house yeah. where there's a, like a house party going on basically
0: but shannon is not there she's shannon's not there in like custody still yeah yes yeah.
1: so a day later on the monday at 10 p.m 72 hours after shannon was found the police call a press conference and announce that michael donovan is to be charged with kidnapping and false imprisonment mm-hmm. and the next day karen is interviewed under caution by police who are investigating michael's claims that she's involved with the kidnapping but they don't have enough evidence to actually hold her so she's eventually released right. Now, just over two weeks later... After searching a computer that belonged to Craig Meehan, they found 140 indecent images of children. And Craig Meehan is arrested, charged, and appeared in court and remained in custody. Mm. And again, the community are totally shocked and people are furious. This man's been out in the community. Kids have been playing around him. He lives in a house with children. His uncle's just been arrested because of Like It's all kicking off. Yeah, yeah. Everything's kicking off.
0: So hold on, just to be clear, this is Karen's husband.
1: Yeah, well, like the stepdad, yeah. The stepdad. They found
0: indecent images on the stepdad. Okay, right. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. So um, Julie and her neighbour... Natalie mm. eventually decide to confront Karen because they're like, we need to get to the bottom of what's going on. Yeah. And they bring along a police family liaison officer yeah. and they all decide to meet in a local lay by in mm. a car that belonged to the police family liaison officer. Right. And they keep questioning, um, Karen like going like what is going on you need to be honest with us and Karen eventually confesses to being involved in the abduction she bursts out crying and Judy said that she felt anger and pity towards her
0: Mm.
1: and the liaison officer contacts the police and she arrests Karen for perverting the course of justice Mm -hmm. now Karen begins to spin a different story saying that on the night Shannon disappeared she left her with Michael so that she could leave Craig she said that she had met michael at awake and told michael that she didn't want anything to do with craig anymore and according to her michael offered her refuge and they made arrangements the day before shannon went missing he was supposed to pick shannon up from school and karen said that she forgot or changed her mind and when craig was questioning her as to where shannon was she was like i don't know so they reported her missing Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Makes does it makes zero sense. Almost like yeah. it's a lie. Yeah. She said that she phoned the police um, so that nobody would suspect that she was trying to leave Craig. Now, on the same day she's being questioned, Michael um, tries to kill himself while on remand. Two days later, Karen is charged with child neglect and perverting the cause of justice. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, the news hits immediately and there is so much negative press, which is like, which is like fair enough for Karen, yeah, but so much of yeah. it is steeped in classism. Yeah. And it's the demonization of the working class. It was headlines like Benefit Scrounger, Professionally yeah. Pregnant. Yeah. And also, like, it's important to... Um, remember that this was also at the height of like the anti-social behavior order coming mm-hmm. in like the asbo yeah, yeah,
0: yeah and it was
1: this whole part of like chav britain and mm-hmm. chavs were being demonized and right wingers were atta- actively attacking the welfare state with one telefo- telegraph journalist saying something called the respectable working class has almost died out what sociologists used to call the working class does not usually work at all but is sustained by the welfare state and Karen became like the
0: poster child.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Burn, yeah. Like the entire community that surrounded Karen as well, like that one that had pulled together to try and find Shannon, were mm. now also being slandered by the national press yeah. as being a crime ridden estate, like something out of Shameless. And yeah. The Sun said it was uh, like Beirut, but only worse. Oh. God, um, Karen was slanted as a scum mum who had a fridge full of cucumbers to use as sex toys while her children starved. That was one from the Daily Star, which was great, great wow. journalism. Great journalism yeah.
0: from the Daily Star as usual.
1: Yeah, and they said that she was living large on the contributions of the taxpayer um, because she didn't declare that she was living with her boyfriend who was bringing in a whopping £16,000 a year.
0: Wow, that is whopping.
1: I know, right? Yeah. Like I'm not trying to defend Karen Matthews at all, but is this demonization? No, we're, not, we're not
0: defending her. We're 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 counteracting the like you said demonization yeah. of the working class, which And it's
1: always yeah. there in the British tabloid press. Like yeah. it's yeah. it's the welfare state's fault for giving Karen benefits. She's evil. She's money-grabbing scum. And It's never like where yeah. did she come from?
0: It's the same it's the same as um the immigrant crisis. People always saying, yeah. "Oh, P- papers like the daily star and the sun and things like that i was like oh they're coming over uh, all these immigrants coming over here to get our benefits and our free health it's like no they're fleeing their war-torn countries for want of yeah. a better life yeah and that's like the climate change climate change yeah that's kind of like the, the same kind of like brushed well, what terms. fleeing
1: fleeing countries that we've also destabilized but anyway True. anyway we're not no, a politics no. podcast but you know like it, like i said like it's never like where did someone like karen come from like no. she's one of seven children grew up poor is poor yeah most likely some sort of mental health issues deprivation
0: yeah
1: all of those factors
0: mm. they just which, see her as a benefits ground.
1: yeah exactly so both her and Michael stood trial um, in November of 2008 and mm-hmm. the prosecution argued that Karen and Michael had hatched the plot to kidnap Shannon to get money from a reward fund, which was inspired by what they had seen with Madeleine McCann the year previous. Right. Now, there were some grim revelations. Um, Michael had kept Shannon concealed in his flat and he'd also kept her tied up so she could only get to certain points in the flat. So like she would there was like a rope that was like tied over a beam right. and then it would be like tied to her waist and she could only get to certain rooms. Right, okay. she could so but she, she couldn't, couldn't get to the front door, yeah. yeah. So they also found a drug within the flat called Tamazapan right. and a travel sickness tablet. And Shannon had actually been dozed with these dosed, dosed with these drugs to keep her drowsy. Right. And all of these revelations kind of blew a hole um, in Michael's testimony that he was just trying to look after. I have Karen. Absolutely, yeah. Now, Karen pleaded not guilty and starts to hatch another lie. Um, She said that she had been forced into taking the blame by her partner, Craig, and that she was scared of him and that he had raped her several times. Um, But the prosecution say, you know, she's told one lie after another. And this is the thing, like, it is quite possible that she was trying to get away from Craig and this whole thing kind of spiralled out of control. But it makes it very hard to believe when she has told one lie after another. Absolutely, yeah. Um, And the police also found a note at Michael's house that um, he had written, mm-hmm. which had a list of rules on it for Shannon, basically saying don't go near the window, you've got to keep quiet, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And at the bottom, in large writing, the initials IPU were written. Right. Now, IPU is something that Shannon and Karen used to say to each other, um, and it stood for I promise you. Right. So it kind of shows Karen's involvement. Karen's involvement, yeah. yeah. So the prosecution also showed that on the night of Shannon's disappearance, Karen went shopping for three hours before making her call to 999.
0: She just went shopping. Yeah. Right.
1: Um toxicology reports also came back and revealed that Shannon had been drugged from 7 years old to keep her sedated.
0: Oh shit.
1: So Karen had been drugging her and just sedating her child for 2 years. She, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my Crazy. God. But despite all this she said she had no involvement and she continues to lie and her story is just all over the place. Mm. Um so on the 4th of December um sh- her and Michael are found guilty of kidnap false imprisonment and perverting the course of justice. Mm. Um, it took the jury six hours to find them guilty on all charges right, well. the judge said that he didn't think that Karen and Michael worked alone so obviously speculation started to brew again and Julie said that she thinks there was probably some truth to Karen wanting to leave Craig and people kind of speculated as to whether or not it was something that just kind of got out of hand yeah. Um. without Karen though Shannon couldn't have come into Michael's hands so there had to be something going on there yeah, but exactly. Julie also says that karen never approached anyone for a reward which points to like other people being in it for the money and not karen
0: yeah like who was the guy that did the tip off of of on michael i don't we don't know something to do with it you know
1: potentially Mm. um craig mian could have been part of it as well considering the fact that it's his uncle It's Mm. just all very it's all very confusing yeah so Shannon was eventually taken into the care of social services. She had her name changed and there was a lifetime ban on people reporting on her. So her identity can never be revealed. She's got total anonymity, which I think is a really good thing.
0: Absolutely,
1: um, yeah. She obviously had an extreme amount of trauma from mm. that. Had to undergo a lot of therapy. Um, ru- like, phew, horrible yeah. for, for that child. Yeah, awful. The search for her cost nearly 3.2 million. Wow. Um, Michael Donovan spent four years in a high security jail in Wakefield and was released in March 2012. Karen also served four years in jail, never regained custody of any of her children. She's still regularly written about in the tabloid press. I did see a TikTok of her recently on the bus. Right. Which was weird. Yeah. And I just want to end it on, um, there was a bit like Owen Jones, you know Owen Jones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who wrote the book um, Chavs Demonization of the Working Class? Mm-hmm. Um, so he basically said in his book that um, for both the Conservative Party and those parts of the media traditionally supportive of its agenda, Karen Matthews had become a convenient political prop, that the case was cynically used to garner public support for the party's subsequent program of austerity and cutbacks to spending on welfare. Mm-hmm. And that is the story of shannon matthews
0: it's 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 a crazy story
1: it is a crazy story and it's like it's depressing it is and it's very kind of like but i
0: think the thing that's like one of the things that's is bad that we we just don't know why like why was it done Like you'll never know why
1: it could have been for money it could have been for something else like there's there's lots of different theories around it but but yeah like the woman said in the documentary, Julie, she said, you know, it, it it's still a thing. Like, the people are still writing about Karen Matthews, yeah. like, all this time later. Yeah. And it's like, okay, w- we're talking about it on the podcast, but I hope we're not doing it in, like, a salacious or, like, offensive way. But I it's like, you know, at some point, they do just need to let it go. Like, she did something that was absolutely horrendous. Like, yeah. she was obviously involved in it somehow. But for her to be kind of, like... Uh, for it to be used the way it had it to, to tar
0: a whole to basically, group of people yeah to demonise the working class exactly It's And just we're, all, and this, we're already demonised enough you know and this
1: whole thing about benefit scroungers oh, it's like this, it's like it's always the people that say benefit scroungers who have never had to live on benefits
0: no oh definitely you know? oh my, my taxes pay for your benefits it's like yeah exactly
1: it's like oh great thank you for that £300 a month that you get from Universal Credit exactly I mean, it's poverty wages it's
0: it's poverty it's terrible it's absolutely terrible and then
1: on top of that as well if you live in a council house you also have to pay a contribution to council tax mm-hmm. if you've lived in a council house your entire life and say somebody like say you live in a council house with your child you've lived in that house your entire life and you now have a spare bedroom you you need to pay tax on that bedroom as yes, well yes you do it's it, outrageous what the Conservative government have done to
0: the welfare state. But anyway, the Conservative government are uh, are a bunch of cunts. They really, really are. Guys, I'm just gonna. We're not a political podcast, but I implore you, if you're in the England, if you're in Britain, and you can vote, vote anyone but fucking Conservative, please. Like, yeah, they've killed. First of all, if it's not bad enough that they've killed over hundreds of thousands of people from the COVID pandemic due to their poor government governing of this country and it's exactly pandemic then they hate poor people they really do they only care about themselves they really do and as wendy williams says death death to them all it's actually death death to all of them there we go there you go thank you (laughs) um maybe i'll put the sound clip in there so we can hear hear (laughs) wendy
1: please do she's
0: she is trash she really is uh okay so after that um harrowing story mm. it's time for something a little bit more light-hearted absolutely it's everybody and nobody's favorite segment <laughs> it's time to take a break I, really I feel is. like we need to put a jingle in there
1: i think we do as well it's time to take a
0: break take a break with emily and and it's time to take Love a break that. no more murder. just Love silly that. stories take a break beautiful it's like i like to make up random songs like i've made up a theme song to lose women do you want to hear it I don't, but
1: I think I'm going to hear it anyway.
0: <laughs> loose women is essentially like the View or the Talk or anything like that for anyone in America, and Wait. it basically just goes, <clears throat> it's, "I'm a lyrical genius." I'm not going to lie. You ready? Come on. Mm. Loose women, la la, loose women. That's it. Is that it? That's it. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Told
1: you. Wow.
0: <laughs> it's great. I thought there was going to be actually lyrics in that. <laughs> no, I'm being sarcastic. Basically. But the th- the song goes, dun 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 dun. dun, dun. And Amazing. I just stay to lose. Anyway, so this week's Take a Break is a lighthearted affair. It's called, the title is Cursed Until I Was Visited by a Mystical Fish. Love it. So this is the story of Grace Ashley, 18, from Coventry.
1: Go on, Grace. Go on, Grace.
0: <laughs> um she basically says she's always been a bit disorganized and messy okay. um and when she left school at age 16 her teacher said to her you've got a bright future ahead of you what's a coventry accent you've got a bright future ahead of you Grace." You've just got to slur down and stop losing things. Is that Coventry? I don't know anything above London in my eyes. Coventry's
1: top, like Midlands, isn't it? So
0: uh, I've so been to Coventry
1: like, multiple times. So, I've
0: never heard people talk like that. So is it more a bit of the you've got a bright future you, ahead if you grace?
1: No, that's bloody. Well, that's brummy. Well, that's
0: Midlands, right?
1: Yeah, but um, Coventry's downwind from Midlands.
0: Okay, poor Coventry. It's, it's,
1: I like. Have you ever been, been to Cov? I doubt
0: it. I don't think it's so. Actually.
1: It, it ain't that bad okay there's a really good falafel place in coventry and they've got a really good
0: uh food market great yeah anyway moving on so um grace ashley she just said her mum's her mum said she's been doing the same thing for years she'd zoom around drop things shove things in places that you know she thought she'd be able to find them and then forget where they were which right. is definitely she's basically telling my life story mm-hmm. i do that all the time i'm so bad see um um yeah anyway so within days of starting a new job at a supermarket she lost a security pass oh bloody grace Christ. obviously bloody her managers were Christ. not happy um so she had to get a new one and then she lost that one too so she was right. hunting high and low she'd lose her house key she'd lose this she'd lose that and she said to her mum maybe i'm cursed
1: well right. that's obviously what it is it's not yeah. just that you you no. you lose track of everything yeah. no,
0: you just you, lose it just cursed first. So basically her mum was like, you've got to be more careful, you've got to be more careful, right? Um, So she was like, fine, whatever. So she decides to, on her way to a shift, uh, she walks past a pet shop, so she decided to pop in. And she was immediately drawn to a fish, right? Of course. A brightly coloured body fish zapping around in the tank see so she'd kept fish as a little girl and she'd loved okay. them the way they move so swiftly right so she was mesmerized by the fish come on we all we get all mesmerized by everyone fish. gets mesmerized by fish um yeah. so um, she's like robert
1: pattinson when um he sees the mermaid in the lighthouse
0: or robert pattinson when he first smells bella when she walks yeah, into that's... the bathroom anyway so later that night she had a dream that she was living in a goldfish bowl right and everyone could see the real her. Her messy, chaotic life was on full display. Okay. It was awful and people were laughing at how she lived. Then apparently a huge fish came up to her, almost nose to nose, and told her she better sort out her life or spend her light eternity in a fishbowl. Wow. She woke up in a sweat, as one would from such a horrifying dream. <laughs> Me too. I'd be freaking out. Um, I'd mainly be worried that I was a human and I was underwater.
1: I'm a little, little, little fish.
0: fish. <laughs> uh, so the next day, she decided to buy a fish tank and have some beautiful fish to remind her to slow down and simply remember that there's a place for everything. Definitely. Her bedroom is now a haven and at last she's chaos-free and loves it. Aww. See, I told you it was a nice light one. It was a good one. uki, No, no ooky-spookies. So basically... It's almost like a fable. Yeah, a little bit. Very very, very Rudyard Kipling. <laughs> You know you know. Um, very that. Um What's the other fables thing called? I don't know. Aesop. Aesop's Tales Aesop's Fables, that's it. I
1: was gonna I was gonna say Aesop.
0: Aesop. No, that's a very bougie fucking hand cream place, isn't it? Aesop's Tales. Aesop's Tales. So that's the um take a break for a week, uh, for this week. I also wanted Love to just it. say that we had a message on Instagram from an Instagram user called The Head Crusher okay um and they have basically said they like the podcast and they sent me a little snippet that she that they thought would be a great addition to the take a break segment oh go on so i'm just going to read it right so this is from this is sent in by the head crusher um from jill armstrong 46 in hull right go on the dark days of i'm just going to read it out because it's very short the dark days of winter have long been my favorite time of the year Yes, I like the summer, but for me, there's nothing better than hunkering down in front of the wood burner to watch a classic film while feasting on chocolate. Life doesn't get any better. Long- Last winter, I was sat with my hubby Steve watching Con Air. Great film. <laughs> Con Air. I fucking love Con Air. Yeah, it's one so of good. Nicolas Cage's best. Must of met. She was watching it for the umpteenth umpteenth time. I love Nicolas Cage, and this is my favourite one of his movies. I'm sure, this wasn't written by you, Emily.
1: Oh, no, well, no, because I, if, it, if it was me talking about Nicolas
0: Cage, it would be leaving Las Vegas. Okay, right. So she says, as I became engrossed in the action, I heard the sound of Steve snoring behind me. Oh, it's not an unusual, know. it's not an unusual state of affairs. So Steve gets up very early to walk our dogs about 6am. So after a busy week, he often catches up on some shut-eye on the sofa. Okay. I smiled to myself as he purred like a cat. Then something in the glass doors of the wood burner caught my eye. Right. The flames were moving slowly and there, conjured up in front of me, I swear, was the face of Nicolas Cage. Clear, oh my God! Clear as day. It lasted about 10 seconds and then disappeared. Oh my God! How good is that So story? lucky. So thanks the head crusher, I really appreciate it. Thank you that.
1: so much. I've got a bit of Nick, Nick Cage uh, personal uh, anecdote. Go on then. I've been to his grave.
0: Nick Cage ain't dead.
1: Yeah, but he's already bought his grave and I've been there. He's what? got a tombstone. He's bought his own tombstone in New Orleans right. and it's like a pyramid and it's in one of the really old um, cemeteries. I can't remember if it's the one that Marie Laveau is, is buried in as well, but it's one of those like, there's two really famous cemeteries, like yeah. really iconic cemeteries in New Orleans right, and yeah. his grave is in there um, and it's like this pyramid tomb.
0: Wow. Did you yeah. say Marie Laveau? I was going to do an episode
1: on Marie Laveau. Marie Laveau, yeah. She's she's buried in one of them. I've been to, because there's, there's two different ones, yeah. I think.
0: Right. And I
1: I'm trying to remember. I, I went there like six years ago. But yeah,
0: I've been there. Amazing. Love that. I know, right? That's such a good little tidbit.
1: Absolutely. So,
0: anyone listening, if you have, if you find any nice, te- great take a break stories that you'd like Absolutely. for us to read out, let us know.
1: And if there are any cases that you'd yes. like us to cover, let us know.
0: Absolutely. I've, I've got. Uh, there was another message on Instagram we got from a. Oh my god! Many we we have so still not no hate. Thank you very much, people. <laughs> um, from uh, Shannon, uh, basically saying that she loves the show. Um, she found us. Well, she found you on TikTok.
1: Oh my God, it's my, it's um, my influence. Your influence.
0: In. And uh, they basically gave us a few uh, examples of some cases: Andrea Yates and Susan Smith. So I'll definitely be looking okay, into those.
1: And so my mum's been compiling a list as well. Has she? Yeah.
0: Come on, girl. She
1: listens. She listens to the podcast. Does she? Yeah. And I did get a comment on YouTube actually, right? Um, by somebody called Hang on a second, I will find it. They called MMA. Right. Ma.
0: Mar,
1: as in like the film Mar.
0: <laughs> the film, maybe. Ma. maybe, Lol, yeah.
1: Um, and they said that um the take a break segment is like their favorite bit, and and uh they they think that um they found their people because <laughs> they love take a break, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, that I think they're from the US. Okay. But they said um that. Take a break, real people, etc., are literally one of their favourite things about visiting England. That's
0: so cool. We should do like a take a break special.
1: Um, do you want to tell people how i suggested that and you went mm, you said worry. let's do
0: an entire episode on take a break
1: yeah i thought for like the 20 20th episode special it could just be like talking about funny take a break stories. we can do a
0: funny take a break but yeah yeah i
1: mean yeah
0: uh, yeah we'll, we'll see They're so against all of my i'm just <laughs> that's not true i'm just replying to what my mum would always reply when i used to ask for something for christmas right my reply go, would be maybe we'll see what santa brings oh god so that's my response to Good you so, no i'm kidding um, well, that's another week done in the bag. What's 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 yep. what they say in the can? Is that what they say in, in the, the movies? can? In the yeah. can, because they put the real in the can, don't they? Absolutely. Well, that's another one in the can. We, I hope you enjoyed this week. I thoroughly enjoyed this week.
1: I enjoyed it. Well, I, hope I always al- do. I always
0: do. Uh, well, I hope everyone has a lovely next week, and we'll see you on the flip side. Oh my god. <laughs> i'm so lame i'm sorry bye guys like no wonder you're not having much success on those bloody apps with chat Sh- like that shut up i have a gsoh <laughs> good sense of humor looking for someone who uh doesn't take themselves too seriously oh, good lord
1: thanks for listening thanks guys bye, bye.